Hello there and welcome into another edition of The Intersection with conversation highlights from the Meeting House on Faith Radio about a variety of topics, including news, information, and lifestyles approached from a Christian worldview perspective. First up, it's back to Faith Radio Meeting House Media Central at the Summer 2022 Christian Product Expo in Lexington, Kentucky, and material from a conversation with Rod Laughlin, who has led a team to develop a new Bible translation that incorporates the authoritative Word of God into a format that is designed to be easy to read. Also, Gwendolyn O. Burton has experienced loss in her life, three miscarriages, and the death of an adult son. She has trusted God and learned through the pain and grief she's experienced. You'll be hearing about her process. Plus, a Central Florida church has developed a unique ministry to the homeless in an old motel. There has now been a movie produced about it, and one of the stars of the film, T.C. Stallings, shared with me about his overall experience of being part of it. You'll be hearing from him coming up. And on this edition of the Intersection Podcast, more from the Lexington CPE Summer 2022 show, where I had a chance to chat with Christine Tremp. She has developed an Advent guide centered on the concept of joy in the Lord. Her comments are ahead. Finally, at CPE in Lexington, Donna Freisinger introduced readers to two characters in her children's books, snails showing up at key moments in biblical history, including the birth of Jesus. This is the intersection of production of The Meeting House. I'm Bob Crittenden. Rod Laughlin is a former pastor and devoted Bible teacher who sought out a way to make Bible reading more accessible and, quite frankly, readable. For over a decade, he has led a Bible translation team, and the readable Bible has just been released. He spoke with me at the Summer 2022 Christian Product Expo in Lexington. Here now from that conversation is founder and team leader for the readable Bible, Rod Laughlin. Yes, it was a big surprise. I was coming back from Afghanistan doing humanitarian work there for several weeks, and I was in the airport in Pittsburgh looking for a book to read. I thought, I just want to read something easy on the airplane. And I'm standing in the bookstore looking at book titles, and God says to me, why are you looking for a book to read? You've got a Bible in your briefcase. So embarrassed, I looked down at my brief foot, and down there's my briefcase, and I know I have a Bible in there. And I said, Lord, the Bible's hard to read. I want something easy to read. And he says to me, why are these books easier to read than my book? And I was embarrassed. I didn't know the answer, but I know it's harder to read. So I walked over to the nonfiction section of the bookstore, and I started looking at the nonfiction books, paging through them, and I realized that in nonfiction books, we have many formats that we put information in to communicate it better, to make it easier for people to understand. We put genealogies in genealogical tables. We put censuses in census tables. When we have specifications, for instance, if we have a specification for this table here, we would have a little sketch of it and we would give the circumference. We would say what the molding is around it. And it's a specification document. We don't write a paragraph of what we want, but in the Bible, all the tabernacle specifications are paragraphs. So God laid it on my heart to create a Bible that is his word, very literal translation, but in modern formats. We, the Bible has 23 kinds of information. Hmm. We normally would put those 23 kinds of information into 17 different formats. And the readable Bible uses all those 17 formats to present the same words of Scripture. So we have an, a translation as accurate as the New American Standard. 
but as readable as the Living Bible because of the formats. Mm. And this is fascinating because obviously we believe the Word of God is authoritative. It's infallible. We have a high view of Scripture. Absolutely. You are someone, you've been involved, you have a master's degree from seminary, you've pastored a church, you're a Bible teacher, you're a Bible Mm -hmm. scholar. So obviously you have a high view of Scripture. Very high view. When I translated the the, the books of the Pentateuch, I was just very assiduous about being sure it was literal. Sometimes the literal words are difficult to understand, though. So sometimes it really makes more sense to go to a thought-for-thought translation like the NIV. And on occasion, we do that in the readable Bible. But in every case, we put the literal translation in the footnotes. So there's over 10,000 footnotes. Well, let's talk about this whole notion of translation when you talk about the the wording of the readable Bible and how it's mm-hmm. presented, is it essentially, is it a new translation? Is it a paraphrase of other translations? Will it be no. available in a variety of different translations? How does, how does that all factor translation. in? It's a new translation. It's from the Masoretic text in the, um, in the Hebrew Bible, and it uses the standard Nestle Almond translation, for, uh, not translation, but Greek text, with uh, the benefit of what we've learned from the Dead Sea Scrolls. We have some things there that aren't in the Masoretic text. And so it's a very, it's from the, I'm going to say, the latest findings of the earliest manuscripts. And it's, most of the Old Testament was translated by Dr. Brendan Kennedy. I did the Pentateuch and the Psalms, and Dr. Brendan Kennedy, who is a, a, an Old Testament scholar, he reviewed all my work, and then he did the first cut on the rest of the Old Testament. He also is a Greek man, so he's been involved in the New Testament work. But it's a very standard, mainstream translation. I would never say to somebody, you need to read the readable Bible, because the words are so different. It's not the words are different, it's the format that makes it easy to understand. For instance, You have probably never read the first 11 chapters of Chronicles, even if you tell me you've read through the Bible, because (laughs) the first 11 chapters of Chronicles are who gave birth to who. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And page after page after page, you may have looked at the words, but you got your eyes glassed over. (laughs) And in the readable Bible, you see all these genealogies. You say, oh, he's related to him, or oh, he came from there. You see things you never saw before because of the formats. Rod Laughlin here on The Intersection. You can learn more by going to the website readablebible.com. Next on this edition of The Intersection podcast, it's Gwendolyn O. Burton. She is a certified grief educator, founder of Sisters in Solace, and author of a book entitled You Don't Know Just How I Feel, Hope for the Grieving Heart. In our Meeting House conversation, she shared insight about her own experience with grief and the principles that God has taught her and that she relates to others. Here now from that conversation is Gwendolyn O. Burton. As we learn to grieve fully and freely, God comes in and he begins to mold and to mend our hearts together again. Our hearts may still be broken, but God comes in. And he molds it, and he shapes it, and he comforts us, and he gives us hope to move forward. So that's the other side of grief. At the beginning or at some place on your grief journey, places on our grief journey, we may find ourselves 
where we feel a stagnant. We feel that we can't move forward, that what's the purpose of life, what's the purpose of living, all these questions that we may encounter when our loved one is gone. But when we're able to understand that we're not leaving them behind because we choose to move forward in life, because we choose to laugh and to uh, have relationships or whatever it is that we are doing, that we're not leaving them behind, we're not betraying them, but we're moving forward and embracing life again. When we're grieving, self-care often is the father's thing from our mind, uh, moving our bodies, uh, eating healthy and balanced meals, drinking water so that we're staying hydrated, to getting outside and communing with nature. All of these are forms of self-care. We know that when we're grieving and our body is carrying uh, the, the excess stress and the pain and the grief, grief can often exacerbate existing medical conditions. Uh, our, 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 our sleep pattern is, uh, is off. We're not sleeping. Uh, we're not moving. We're not exercising. So those are very important factors. Uh, for me, I was a, a fitness athlete, uh, and uh, I was a in the gym almost daily. I was eating my meals on schedules. I, I mean, I was a fitness athlete, uh, actually a fitness athlete. Uh, in, and uh, when Miles died, I lost that. I didn't have a desire to do anything. I said, if my 26-year-old healthy son can pass, can die in, in, in a matter of minutes, no warning or anything, then what's the use in me doing all of these self-care, <laughs> uh, these self-care uh, treatments and self-care uh, elements? What's the purpose of it? But eventually I found my way back to eating healthy, to taking care of myself, and because that's very important. And it helps us in a number of ways. It helps us to release some of the grief. It helps us to re- release the stress that on our bodies. And it helps us to become stronger uh, physically. Physically, emotionally, even spiritually. Because as we're doing these things and we're meditating on the word of God, and God comes alongside us. He's our paracletos, and he mm-hmm. encourages us, and he strengthens us, and he, he continues to uh, help us to, to take care of ourselves. So self-care in grief is important. And if I can just encourage uh, your listeners to do just do one thing. If you're grieving or you know someone who's grieving, just encourage them, encourage yourself to do one thing. Don't try to do 10, 15, five, even five things at once. Give yourself one, one assignment. Today, this week, I'm going to increase my, my uh, water. I'm going to drink more water. I'm going to go for a walk down to the end of the street, around the neighborhood. Whatever it is, do something good. Do something beneficial to strengthen yourself physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Gwendolyn O. Burton here on The Intersection. You can find out more at her website. The address is Gwendolyn O. Burton. 
Com. Well, next on this edition of the Intersection Podcast, it's actor T.C. Stallings. In a recent conversation with me, he provided insight into his involvement in a film in which he appears called No Vacancy, about a Florida church's unique ministry to the homeless. Here now from that conversation is T.C. Stallings. The first and most important thing to me is it's based on a true story, and hmm. uh, that makes it inspiring because when you see what's going on in here, you really can like understand, like, man, this really, really happened. People really did do this. And when I'm talking about what people did was the church at uh, First Baptist, that church, they were going to build a new sanctuary and expand and uh, to take care of their members. And they decide to look into their community and see that the homeless problem was so big and the homeless population was growing and they wanted to be able to take care of these people. So they decided to take that money and instead invest it into uh, acquiring a, a local motel so that they could put the homeless in there and rehabilitate them and take care of them and you know, teach them about the Lord, everything, make them, give them a better life. And just that particular procedure turned out to be way bigger and undertaken than they thought they needed more money. They needed just a bunch of everything. And so they actually just kind of prayed about it, and a series of events happened that allowed them to actually get this motel, and they turned it into a place called the Samaritan Inn, which is still running today, still helping people, still changing lives, still making a difference for the homeless community. So that's one part of the story. Uh, the other part of the story is a reporter who comes from the Orlando Sentinel, comes down to Leesburg, uh, kind of like a demotion, and it's this little job that she didn't want, this little story, but it turns out to be something that grabs her heart, and she reports on it, and that, had, that got the city's attention to help uh, raise the funds, and then my character is one of the homeless people that actually was rescued by this place, and his com- his life completely changed, and uh, he became one of the first black pastors, or no, the first black pastor uh, at this church. So it's, it's, it's three stories that intersect and intertwine, wow. and it'll be one of the most inspirational things you'll probably see this year. I really believe that. Well, the name of the film is No Vacancy, the true story of this ministry opportunity that First Baptist Church Leesburg in Florida, Central Florida is where that's located, and the Samaritan Inn Shelter that opened up. And you play a homeless man in that film, as you just mentioned. And I wanted to ask you with respect to how the church went about. Obviously, they sensed that God was leading them to to purchase and to set up this old motel as a homeless shelter. So what was life like there at Samaritan Inn? What sort of ministry was going on there? It's, it's one of the coolest things that I was able to learn about and be taught about, because obviously I had to do my research, mm-hmm. and I got a chance to actually perform uh, in these in the actual place where people were rehabilitated. But wow. they would they would look into the homeless folks that are in the, the neighborhood, and uh, some, you know, you could bring people there, people could just come there, and then they'll bring them in, you know, they'll get them cleaned up. They have doctors that volunteer, nurses that volunteer, and donate medicines and just all kinds of things. you got uh, volunteer teachers and volunteer counselors, and they, they uh, you know, help you go through the withdrawal process, like to get you off the drugs. And they use professionals that are volunteering their time to help take care of these people. And, and they, there's no, like, like like rules or prerequisites in terms of how you get in, man, just show up and let them know that you need help, you know, and, and the, the church uses all their resources to take care of it. People in the city 
who know that they're doing this will like bring. They have a big pantry. They bring all kinds of food. Sometimes they have so much food that you know they they, they can't even store it all. And I just think it's one of the the, the most just awesome things that you can do when when they would have been well within their right to expand the sanctuary if the church is outgrowing the building that they're in. But instead, like I said, they prayed about it and was just like, what could be more impactful even than that? And and, and the Lord led them, uh, they believe the Lord led them to purchase this motel, and that was confirmed when the reporter from the Orlando Sentinel did the story, and it was the story that alerted the community that was going on. Then all of a sudden, people just start showing up to the church, dropping off mm. money, dropping off checks, <laughs> dropping off food, dropping off like covers and blankets and just whatever they need. And so it became a lot more uh, easier than what they thought it would be just because they trusted God, no matter what, to get it done. T.C. Stallings here on The Intersection. You can learn more by going to NoVacancyMovie.com. His website is tcstallings.life. This is The Intersection Podcast, a weekly production of The Meeting House, and you can find out more by going to meetinghouseonline.info or by visiting the programming section at faithradio.org. Through the Meeting House homepage, you'll find a link to the Media Center. That's where you can go to listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured on the Intersection podcast and the Meeting House radio program. You can also find links to the podcast, to the Media Center, as well as the Apple podcast feed. Plus, you can find links to video content, including a link to the Faith Radio YouTube channel, where you can see video of Meeting House guests. Two blogs are accessible. One is The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. There's also The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from The Meeting House. And you can follow me on Twitter and access The Meeting House Facebook page. Again, that website address is meetinghouseonline.info, or you can go to the programming section at faithradio.org. Well, at Faith Radio Meeting House Media Central at the Summer 2022 Christian Product Expo in Lexington, Kentucky, Christine Tremp, author of an Advent book called Seeking Joy Through the Gospel of Luke, a Christmas to Calvary Advent Countdown, shared about the inspiration for and concept of the book. Here now from that conversation is Christine Tremp. I love the Gospel of Luke because Luke in chapter one tells us that he writes an orderly account for us. And being an accountant, (laughs) that is totally my, my jive. So there's 24 chapters in Luke and beginning on December 1, you can read a chapter of Luke each day to count down to Christmas. So I started blogging about that, just sharing little memes and inspiration on my social media, just to encourage people to stay in God's Word through the Christmas season, which often gets overwhelming and chaotic. And sometimes I know from the women I've talked to, they let that time in the Word go. You know, they just get so busy with everything. And so I blogged it in 2018. I blogged it in 2019. And in 2020, I looked at the world around us. Actually, God prompted on my heart to look at the world around us. And the lyrics from Oh Holy Night, The Weary World Mm. Rejoices, The Weary World Rejoices, kept playing over and over in my mind. And and I was prompted to write more, like not just little tiny social media posts, but he's like, "Write, write chapters, write chapters. And so that's what I did in 2020 because I felt like the world during the COVID crisis, everybody was so weary. And mm. God reminded me that I knew about this joy that he had just gifted me through my healing journey that transformed my life. And I was so honored and privileged to put out these longer blog posts that turned into chapters in this book. That's how it came to be. 
Well, and as you say, the Christmas season is intended. Obviously, we can have great joy because of what happened. Right. God sending his son to earth. Mm -hmm. And and we think about the, the wonderful childhood memories uh, that so many people possess and and family times and, and again these are these are memories that a lot of people have some don't and mm -hmm. sometimes Christmas can be a very sad and lonely time Christmas can be a very almost overwhelming time I mean I think about what Mary said that her heart was overwhelmed that, mm -hmm. that's the right kind of overwhelming but mm -hmm. when you become overwhelmed in the preparation for Christmas and making sure everything is is ready around the house and you become exhausted when the calendar turns to December well you're already exhausted and then you're just you know when you get to 26 the 26th of December you're just you know saying you're done this right. is this right. is it for some reason, that doesn't sound like to me the way that, that God intended for us to celebrate his Absolutely birth. Absolutely not. And, and I think that 2020 gave us all a great opportunity to really slow down. And it, it, I couldn't even see my elderly parents for Christmas that oh, yeah. year. That's very and so it really shifted our perspective. And so I was able to write about, you know, draw draw people back to what the true meaning of Christmas is. It's like, hey, look at this opportunity that we have to do nothing maybe right and let's let's really spend some time and focus on what the christmas message is all about and god's you know his news of great joy so have you do you consider yourself to be a a fan of of christmas yes <laughs> i grew up as my dad still calls me christmas chrissy christmas he's, chrissy yes, he's the only oh, one boy. that's allowed to call me that so. okay so okay so i'll i'll note that when yes. my, you know, my next so, introduction i loved christmas growing up as a child my parents uh always made it special i tried to make it special for my kids but when my children were growing up i was not walking closely with jesus mm -hmm. so it became more of the the you know, the commercialized Christmas and making sure that my kids got the gifts they wanted and things like that. And then another part of my history, too, is always focusing on, like, the preparations. What kind of food are we going to have? Oh, somebody has to make this pie. Oh, somebody has to make this casserole. And so I was fixated on the food, which now God has released me from that fixation through my healing journey. Um, and so just able to really focus and, and what the true meaning of Christmas is. I wish I could have a do-over with my children. Yeah. They're young adults now, but I, I just pray and trust that they see the, you know, the changes. Christine Tremp here on The Intersection. You can find out more by going to her website. It's Christine Tremp, T-R-I-M-P-E dot com. Finally, on this edition of The Intersection podcast, from Faith Radio Meeting House Media Central at the Summer 2022 Christian Product Expo in Lexington, it's Donna Freisinger. She is the author of the book, Bink and Slinky's Christmas Adventure. It's another of the series featuring these two snails who desire to see God's purpose in their lives. Here now from that recent conversation is Donna Freisinger. Bink and Slinky are two groovy snails on assignment from God to help his children fulfill their life destinies. Very good. So the ark adventure came out first because they had to get aboard the ark before they could do right. anything. Okay, okay. okay. So, the, so that was the first one. Yes, and then Bink and Slinky's pyramid adventure, how they helped Joseph when he got sold into slavery, is the second book, and Bink and Slinky's Christmas Adventure is the third one. Okay, very good. I think I think I've got the progression now, and okay. you've got the the Christmas release this year of Bink and Slinky's Christmas Adventure. So, they are snails. 
Yes. Slow and methodical. And slimy yeah. and yeah, not too not too fuzzy. Okay, cuddly. now we got to we got to sell these guys. Yes. Now, what, what, tell me, uh, uh, to, to, but tell me about what makes them so adorable. They are on assignment from God. That's, help, that's pretty cool. That's cool. That's cool. And so it's, they they start like Mission Impossible. All the stories do, where God tells them what their assignment's going to be. Yeah. Now Bink and Slinky have a choice, just like you and I have choices in our assignments in life that God gives us. And but they are ever faithful to follow after Him. And but they're the slowest creatures on earth. So they need a lot of help on their assignments from God, which we all do, and that's what we get from our wonderful friends that God puts in our life and along our life's path. Donna Freisinger joining us today here on The Meeting House on Faith Radio. It is the Summer 2022 Christian Product Expo in Lexington, Kentucky. This is The Meeting House. Well, as we talk about the assignments from God, Bink and Slinky actually sent to help people fulfill their own goals, their God-given right. assignments. So they mm-hmm. are they are facilitators. They are helpers, but they need a little help themselves. They do. Like, they couldn't get to the ark by themselves in the first book. It would, you know... No matter how early God told them, it would probably been impossible to get there in time for the after for the great yeah. falling to right, start. Right. So they have a lot of help from their friends, just like you and I have a lot of help from our friends. So are their friends of the same species? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no. The bald eagle t- takes them over the mountains. Sir Crocodile takes them across the river. Um, the chatterbox... Chatterbox monkey takes them through the jungles, and finally the giraffe helps them to finally see the ark off in there the distance. Go. That's that's awesome. So why snails? Snails. Okay, I was singing one Sunday on our worship team. We were practicing, and the guy next to me said, "Donna, you know it took a lot of perseverance for the snails to reach the ark." And I thought, "Voila, story that idea be, right there." Yeah, wouldn't it be a wonderful kids' book? Yeah. So were you your other books? Were they also? kids books yes yes there there's three in the bink and slinky series and then there's one called the transistor christmas which is actually a biography a picture book of what happened in 1960 when the transistor radios first came out which some listeners will not know what that is (laughs) oh i i certainly do so it's a radio book i like that yeah so it's a transistor christmas and what happened when i got one to get that for my mom for Christmas that year. Well, describe, if you would, the this assignment that these two snails, Bink and Slinky, are on with regard to Christmas that you portray in the Christmas Adventure book. Thank you. Okay, again, they receive a letter from God at the beginning because okay. they always get the letter first. That's telling, right. Telling, does, it, it, does it self-destruct in yeah, five seconds? Right, five, yeah, right. Exactly. So in this... I love Mission Impossible. Yeah. So that's kind of what their assignments are like. In this particular book, Bink and Slinky are living in the Good News Campground, and God gives them the assignment of telling their children of what happened on the first Christmas when they traveled with Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem. So they are to tell the story just like we are to tell the story to our children. So that's their assignment. So what elements of the story did they pass on? The Okay, well, first of all, they're with Mary in the garden when angel, the angel Gabriel oh, wow. appears to her. And so they end up in Mary's saddlebag as she and Joseph travel to Bethlehem. And it's kind of scary because, you know, back then they didn't have policemen along the routes or McDonald's to eat and so but so things happen to him on the way to Bethlehem they get to Bethlehem there's no vacancy signs which we all know the story sure. and about then this scallywag sheepdog comes and steals Mary's saddlebag with Bink and Slinky inside 
drops it in the middle of a lonely shepherd's field, and they're they're there wondering what they're going to do because they really want to be there for the birth of the birth of the newborn king. Sure. And about then, the angel appears, telling them the shepherds, you know, where the where the new baby is born, and they should go and worship him. So Bink and Slinky are excited. Okay, they're going to take us, so we're going to get to go. But the shepherds all leave without him. And now they're stuck in this field, wondering this can't be God's plan. Just like we have those questions. Donna Freisinger here on the intersection. You can find her online by going to the website Donna Freisinger. That is spelled F R I S I N G E R dot com. Well, we are nearing the end of this week's edition of the Intersection Podcast, a weekly production of The Meeting House. You can learn more through meetinghouseonline.info or by clicking on the Meeting House link in the programming menu at faithradio.org. Through that Meeting House homepage, you'll find a link to the Media Center where you can listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured on the Intersection Podcast and the Meeting House radio program. You can also find links to the intersection, to the media center, as well as the Apple podcast feed. Plus, you can find links to video content. And there are links to two blogs. One is the three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. And there's the front room with devotional thoughts and commentary from the Meeting House. Plus, you can follow me on Twitter and access the Meeting House Facebook page. Again, the website address is meetinghouseonline.info. Or you can go to the programming section at faithradio.org. Conversations from the Meeting House can also be found through the Faith Radio app, as well as a variety of podcast platforms. Search for Faith Radio Podcast when you visit Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and other podcast platforms. Thank you for joining me for this week's edition of the Intersection Podcast. I'm Bob Crittenden.